0: thank you for joining
1: hi how's your day going
0: good how is your day going a little busy oh uh, are, is this a good time still
1: oh absolutely i uh cleared some time for this and uh this is still a great time
0: okay perfect sounds good so i uh was trying to find a profile like a full-on profile of you but i just can't seem to find it so we'll just go through with the questions is that all right with you
1: yeah, that's perfectly fine. Or you mean like a social media profile?
0: Yeah, I tried to find something that I'm like, okay, who is this Victor, you know, Gideon, <laughs> and, and I couldn't find anything. So I'm like, I don't know which one or who. So I, I'm like, you no. know, we'll just have a natural conversation.
1: That's actually uh, intentional. The uh, only uh, social media that I have is LinkedIn.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I see. Okay. Well, no worries. So uh, thank you everyone for joining my podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest. We have Gideon Victor. And uh, Gideon, please tell me about yourself. Uh,
1: My name is Gideon Victor. Uh, I'm a native of Southern California. Uh, I'm a uh, database developer, and I've been doing that for about six years. And uh, yeah.
0: Oh, great. That's short and sweet. So uh, I'm just wondering, so what exactly do you do in database? Since I know that there's like the database creation, database maintenance, There's Mm -hmm. different things in database like security. What exactly do you do in database?
1: Yeah, so what I do specifically, I work with uh, what's called business intelligence. So uh, I work for a company and Mm -hmm. uh, they ask me what were sales. I pull the information from the database. I hand it to accounting. Accounting hands it to the CEO. The CEO takes it to Wall Street. So a lot of the uh, kind of business questions that higher-ups may have I use the information within the database, gather it, analyze it, you know, make it look pretty, and then send it to those who need it.
0: Oh, wow. That is great. I, I have my cousin actually is a, she reviews the data for a company, and then she sends it to the board or whoever, like you were saying, whoever needs the data. Is that is that similar what you're saying?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I... For for a variety of clients, so it could okay. be the board, it could be the CEO, it could be the stores uh, who make our sales. Uh, anybody like that along the line, uh, I provide information that you know helps them succeed.
0: I see that that's awesome. That that's really great. I love that. I love that. Like some engineers are able to do that. I know some. I know some people who are graduated, you know, from engineering and they don't know how to analyze the data or how to find where, what things go in and out, like it's, mm-hmm. they said, it's a really big database and it's almost mm-hmm. impossible to figure it out, you know? Well, so it, it's great that, did you have to get like special training on the database or did you kind of pick it up over time or how, how did it happen?
1: So my educational background is in finance. So finance, there's a lot of analyzing large databases, understanding what to do with what information. Um, and so all of my database uh, experience and education came on the job. Uh, my first job, I was in sales marketing and uh, web development and I got close with the data with a, a data team and they kind of showed me the ropes. Uh, and from there, that's where, you know, they showed me online resources and, you know, if I had any questions, I was able to, you know, have a team that would help me understand the database. I've since moved on from that company and, uh, you know, I, I think a good database developer can look at a database and then slowly pick up things until the point where you know they understand how it works, how things are supposed to be mapped. And a good engine, a good database engineer will kind of give you clues uh, through design on where things are supposed to be. So it's kind of a two-way communication.
0: Okay, I got it. Yeah, I, I, I've I've heard some people they. Yeah, it's, it's it's a big, complex field. And then I'm just wondering, so what got you started in your career? Like, was it the intriguing of the database or was it like, you know, like what exactly got you started into the engineering path or just into the database, like into your area of expertise?
1: Yeah, so like I said, I was in finance to start and uh, <laughs> all my teachers said, I look way too young to be in the finance field. Nobody's going to trust you with their money. And I said, okay. So I went to a uh, software company and work there. And like I said, it was a very small company. So I got to work with, uh, I, I got to put on a bunch of different hats. Right. And because I, you know, made a friend group in the database team and they started showing me how it works and, you know, really what the field entailed, I started doing it on my own. And I said, wow, this kind of works with how my brain works. You know, this, a lot of the stuff is just very intuitive to me. And so I just picked it up from there.
0: I, I I heard you had said that some people have said you look too young i mm-hmm. I know that when I you know when you first start out and you first graduate and then you, you go and look for a job like I've had that happen to me as well I've had like hey you don't look like you know how to deal with this or you don't know how to you know you don't it looks that they look at your age and like my age and then they're like oh we don't assume that you know how to do this or we assume that you don't know how to do that and I, I think there's like the the opposite ages of um, of like young ageism, you know.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Like the young young biases.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, it, it, it's actually a uh, bias that is allowed, right? If uh, someone puts up a no skateboarding sign, well, that's a, that's technically that's ageism, right? Uh, you don't see middle age or older people skateboarding typically, right? But mm-hmm. who does skateboard? It is young people, and so it's a bias against young people. It's kind of an interesting caveat as, uh, on ageism.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I I never knew that that would be real. I think until I entered the, the workforce and I realized, wow, that can't happen. You could be even the dentist. Like I've, I've talked to a young dentist. She said she graduated very early, the youngest out of all the dentists. And, you know, she was, she was also looking for employment. And even for her, there's this like, oh, you're the first, the youngest dentist in the dental and then you're the youngest dentist to even be in our office you know so even i think even a dentist whether you're in a higher profession or just starting out as a you know workforce staff so i i think this can happen everywhere and it's i don't know i feel like i i think someone has to experience you know but anyways let's move on from that um Mm -hmm. what is it that you love about your career like what is it that gets you like going what is it that's something that you look forward to every day what is it that you really love about it
1: uh Good data scientist, someone who worked with data a lot, is uh, really able to tell a story with what goes on in the data. Um, I think that is something that really intrigued me is seeing a large data set and being able to gain insight off of it. If, you know, so, something that, you know, the whole country experienced yesterday was we all watched a football game together, right? And every radio, you know, every sports radio station today said, well quarterback x he only had one incomplete pass the whole second half well that's data and Mm -hmm. we are telling ourselves a story with that right Mm -hmm. and why did things end up the way that they are well this is a good explanation for that and something that gets me excited about my career is that i can take data sets and tell really really good stories
0: i see that that's a good that's a good explanation there and then um let me see so what is something that you would change about your career? So like um, if there is something you could add or subtract or just like a hybrid or like if there's something you could adjust in your career, whether it is make it like a like I don't know if it's if you're at from home working or in the office or how the work is or if there's something you could change about it, like maybe you could incorporate a, you know, something you could add to it or subtract or change. Is there something like that?
1: Uh, Well, yeah, <laughs> when uh, I had. You had first asked me to come talk on your show. Uh, mm-hmm. I was at one company, and mm-hmm. since then, I've actually started transitioning into another company. And the main reason for that is uh, my the first company is uh, 100% in office, and the company that I'm moving on to is going to be nearly hundred percent remote. So someone in my field, I think, can really, you know there's good there's good and bad about being in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, for me in my particular situation, I think being able to work from home is a very, very uh, important thing for me where I'm at in my life right now. I see.
0: I, I would imagine, I believe you would be able to do it from home, but I've, I've heard that some, like, there are some databases that they have high security. If you ever look at the data because they have like Mm -hmm. credit card information, they have all these Mm -hmm. things on there. So there's some databases that have very high security. Mm -hmm. Then there's some databases who just, they block out all the information and it's just, Mm where's the the money going in this data or where is this going in this data you know right so it's i think like uh, maybe that's you know that's something to do with it there but anyways um i'm so glad i don't have that i know in my my roles and my jobs we've never had like such high security we i never had to work in like a bank that was like hey right. there's security here and there you know i used to be a dental assistant and
1: mm-hmm. there
0: actually was one office i worked in and they did have a camera but it was because like some people would go to the office and say, oh, we never showed up. We never came here to this filling appointment. We never. And so we need to prove, yeah, you're right there, you know. So it's basically like that type of thing. But I think like I've never had to work in like a job that it was like very like like surveillance completely that I'm just like, whoa, why is it so surveillance? You know, I, I think for me, that it brings up a lot of anxiety. So, so I tried to get something that's comforting for me, you know.
1: Yeah, I don't think that was the case for my particular situation, as far as um, why they want to be, security wasn't the reason why they want people in the office. I think it was more of a you know workplace culture, which I completely mm-hmm. understand. You know, some the company that I uh, currently work at, design is a very very important aspect of the company, and in, in a design heavy company, I think having the ability to see somebody face to face and uh, interact one on one has a lot of value um it was just it was just more of a personal you know move it, it, there was nothing wrong with you know how it was set up
0: okay that that makes sense okay um i have a, another interesting question here so what are some of your favorite moments like was it like uh for example like you know bringing the information to the board or sort of finding a, a weird problem in the data and then like oh hey i found something you know, is there something that like has happened, like some of your favorite moments that you're like, oh, this was one of my favorite moments or that was one of my favorite moments?
1: Um, yeah, I, I I don't know that it was, you know, favorite. It, it is nice and rewarding to have, uh, you know, important answers when when people need them. I, I think that's, you know, my favorite thing is when someone has a dif- difficult question, and they come to me first, that's very rewarding to, to be someone who is, you know, sought at sought after for, you know, hard questions, important questions, you know, immediate things that need immediate answers. That is very rewarding. Um, I think also detecting major bugs and saying, hey, I, I think there's something wrong here and uh, letting, you know, letting the fire marshal know before it gets out of control that that's something that's also, you know, very rewarding in what I do.
0: Great. That is, that's nice. And then, uh, I'm just wondering, so what are some of your future goals? Like, are you maybe planning on one day, like, you know, making your own some sort of company, making your database. And then, you know, would you want to have your own sort of database created or are you looking to just maybe expand into a database team or, you know, maybe move on from there or, you know, what is something that you're looking forward to in the future?
1: um i definitely starting my own company uh that's going to be on the horizon uh there are uh there are projects that i've worked on already that necessitated database creation so there there are personal projects and things that i like doing on my own where i've you know used my professional skills to do something that i find interesting i'm you know an avid, avid sports fan so i you know, accumulate a whole bunch of information as far as how those stats go. I've, I'm very passionate about civil design. So I've accumulated a whole bunch of information about how cities are designed and was able to display them visually and, uh, you know, talk to important people about that. Uh, as far as professionally, I think those are, those are the major things is how do I bring value to the world in, in, with the skills that I have? And, uh, you know, I think that there, in terms of civil design, I, I do have aspirations to starting a company about civil design and using data science to kind of shine a light on how uh, we can enhance people's lives through the decision, the design decisions that we make.
0: I see. I I I just had a just a thought here. How does the database or does the database ever like connect with the AI? Like, is there like a a hybrid link or something between the AI and the database? Like, like for example, I know the AI needs to learn, but that, is it that the database is updated or added content? Or, like, what exactly happened? Like, is there a link between the AI and the database? Uh,
1: I don't do uh, any AI currently. Uh, th- how a lot of, you know, if you look at Python libraries that use AI, yes, they are typically using a set of data to train and learn and then they'll use that data to predict outcomes going forward
0: okay i see so it's it's there might be a link but it's a special per career or like a special specialty area to link it together
1: yeah so using uh using large data sets and uh using predictive analytics yes that there is someone high, that is typically highly specialized in that field yeah absolutely.
0: Okay. Okay. Got it. And then uh, we have uh, one last question here. So if you could have dinner with three people, who would they be and why?
1: Uh, I think having a dinner with the president at any time, I think is pretty cool. You know, regardless of whether you like them or you don't like them, I think being the leader of the free worlds comes with a lot of pressures and things that us on the outside, we don't get to understand. Um, who else would I uh i don't know probably uh phil anschutz he's a major uh business owner in the uh, los angeles los angeles area just want to see kind of what he does on a day-to-day basis how he uh, manages a large real estate portfolio and uh, a large business portfolio on top of that uh and then probably uh warren buffett just to have dinner with him you know to have uh such a good track record over a long period of time is commendable. It's you know he's doing something. He's not just a good coin flipper. You know he's someone who's able to see value and extract value and extract it.
0: Yes, uh, I certainly agree. I think I think having dinner with Warren Buffett is, or buffet that guy he he has like a really large fee to have dinner with him. I think doesn't he charge for having dinner with him?
1: Yes, the it is something that is available, and yes, it is rather large.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's possible, but like, yeah, but I think what I was thinking is, I I had always actually wanted to have dinner with him as well, but I thought like, what if I've already created my company, I've already have how much income I need, you know? Then then what happens? Like, do I have to have dinner with him? Is it just to talk, just to talk to him, or like if I already know how to create my own company or create my own products, then I think like maybe at that point it maybe it doesn't really not that it doesn't really matter but like you know i already learned the skills necessary to get there you know
1: yeah uh i i would say you know i know i know people who are the ceo of you know billion dollar companies and they still find value in talking to people like warren buffett you know that it's you can always gain something by having a good conversation right it, mm-hmm. even if somebody has something that you may feel that you already have Mm -hmm. uh you you don't want to fall into a bias of you know it's kind of like the ageism right it's like Mm -hmm. well the the kids don't know i already know right we we want to make sure that we uh have open-ended conversations and that we're you know talking to people with an open mind even if we feel that we know that what they're already going to say right
0: yeah, yeah, th- it does make sense. I ju- I just thought that if I got to that point that mm-hmm. you know, I guess it would be just a conversation like, "Hey, how is your business going? How is my business going?" you know, then when mm-hmm. you get to there it's like we're friends. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like I I don't know how I would get to that like like what it would be there at that level, you know.
1: Well, I'd say uh, for Warren Buffett, his level of friends, uh, if you're on his level of friends, his friends are people like uh Bill Gates, uh, people in the you know tens or hundreds of billions of dollars.
0: Yeah. I guess he has a selective group. But... <laughs> yes. Yeah, very selective. Yes. But yeah, I've always uh yeah, I, he was he was a dude to admire there. And uh do you have uh any questions for me?
1: Uh no. I, I, what what do you do for a living?
0: Yes. Okay. So, let me go over just a quick recap here. So, um I graduated high school I became a dental assistant I worked as a dental assistant for the past five years and then the COVID had hit so my my point was to go to dental hygiene school I did get accepted and then to go to dental school after but I didn't enter dental hygiene school because COVID had hit and I didn't know if I should take on a loan during COVID or you know study during the COVID so I didn't start dental hygiene and then I just switched paths to massage so I got my massage license in like six months and then I figured I'm like oh i I think I will like this career field. And then I, I did start for two, three months. I worked at massage envy and um, like I paid off my loan. I put my loan on my credit card for my massage school and I paid it off within the two months or three months at massage envy. And then after that, I was like, Hey, why don't I make my own business? And then I started my own spa. It's called okay spa. I started it and it was, so I, I got all registrations the year prior, but then I got the physical location the next year. So, it like I ran it for about a year and then I realized that, hey, you know, I don't think this is a, the right market for me because it's a location based business. Mm-hmm. You need to hire um, specialized staff. You can't just hire anybody to sell services. You have to have specialized staff, location based, and you'd be competing with other massage people in the community. Mm-hmm. And so after starting like the marketing, this, 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 different things, I realized, you know, when I started, if I didn't have a big following base, like a personal brand of like myself
1: mm-hmm. like
0: the people who were st- like going to my spa were like oh we want our coupon or we want our discounts or we want our this mm-hmm. we want our that and i accounted for like you know normal price plus tip but i didn't account for like almost 95 percent of them taking some sort of discounts you know mm-hmm. from the groupons and things you know so i was like okay i didn't account for this but within the one year i kind of treated it as a like a business, like business, uh, education, like, mm-hmm. Hey, I'll learn whatever I need to learn from this and then we'll start our new venture. So basically now that I had closed it, I realized, you know, I'm not going to continue because it's just, you t- spend more money alone and you spend more money on this and then hiring people aren't willing to work for- in Seattle. They're more int- entrepreneur minded as well, which means they'll work for themselves. But the people who work for a company want like a big massage envy company or a better salary than those other companies so I realized okay it's a very competitive for me to start in this field and it's mm. a very niche market so I calculated how many people get massage in Washington State like how many people are like like I'm just estimating let's say there's you know average five five therapists at one massage envy and then there's let's say about you know a certain number of all locations whether it's massage envy or a dream clinic whatever location I estimated a rough amount of spas plus how many therapists on average and how many total customers because some people repeat some people don't so i put out a number and it added up to like about 500,000 to 800,000 massage customers that are consistent whether they're monthly or every three to four months so i realized there's only half a million customers very dedicated to massage in seattle like in the the, this region seattle bellevue region area Mm -hmm. and maybe you could go surrounding cities so the thing is it's a very like small base to, to go into, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, 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 didn't know location and then this, you know, different, different air issues. So there was like hiring people. That's an issue. Marketing, you have to pay more marketing because it's massage. Some people are like skeptical, like new people. So you're, mar- you're trying to market to existing customers, not to new people. That's the thing I didn't know. And then there was like one more thing, like um, it's location based. So, You can't really, like, um, make money. You have to be in the office at a specific location. And one therapist could only make that one hour, you know, for for the company. So I learned everything through that. I'm like, okay, this is a very small amount to learn all this. And so now in 2022, I found a a team. So before that, I kind of made a quotes app just to see what's going to happen. And it's the same thing. I don't have a personal branding. Plus, marketing would have to be very specific. And there would have to be a budget. So... The app was just a quotes app just for myself. So now I'm like, okay, that's that's also doesn't make sense. It's a small base to source from. It's worldwide, but there's a quotes is a specific group of people who are into that, and you'd have to be heavy into the marketing, and that you know some things about that. So I'm like, okay, we're not going to do that right now. So I went on to the next thing. So w- what is something that I could give back to the community, or the community could also make money, and I could also make money, but they can make good money, and I could get, make money. So we both could profit because you can't profit like the massage therapist will profit, but the customers don't make money on that. The quotes app, nobody makes money. You just listen to quotes. Like it's just me as the owner of the app. And then, Mm -hmm. so the third thing is, so I went into e-learning. So I found a team, three developers, and we're designing a platform for e-learning. So basically teachers could sell their courses and students can learn skills. And this is allowing for more people to profit from my product instead of just me only profiting. So I realized we have to give money back to the people, like make them earn money. If they need money, if they need this, if they need courses, if they need leads, if they need, you know, whatever they need, just give money back to the people as however, however possible. And so that would more likely it's a higher chance that that would work. So basically, we're making like this um, platform and teachers, they could sell their classes, courses, you could see all the ratings. You know, because you don't know if a coach is good or not. We don't know on right. TikTok. It doesn't say they're not on Yelp because it's a home-based business. Google doesn't have because it's home-based business again, unless they put their home address on there. But basically, you don't know what they're rated as. The you know, so there's too many things, too many factors. Like when you're on TikTok, it's so random. So I'm like, okay, too random. Just stick them all into a platform, and then every transaction that goes to them, everything they sell, all the ratings will go through. You know, everyone will see. The actual score of this specific coach or that nft designer or this web developer or this person you know whatever skill they have we will know the exact ratings that they have so i realized that is probably the best platform and so before i was like oh i'm so, it's so sad that i spotted and go or the app was just an app so they online had said you need to have three failed businesses before your next business succeeds and i understand now so i understand like the spa, I understand the quotes app, you know, what had happened or why it didn't go through. So now I'm like, okay, I got it. You know what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, so it it took me some time to, like, like get to here. But, like, I really was like, oh, yes, the spa, the best case scenario is, you know, we have 50 locations and this and that. But, like, practically this would take a long time because I met people who were, like, Working for themselves for 20 years. They work for themselves only. They're the only practitioner or they're the only like masseuse, you know? So it's like there, there is just a really large number. So I realized to stand out from this massage people, I need to go out a step and beyond. So I've now even created a podcast. I'm like, I'm one step beyond. I have to go and make some media or make something that either connects more people. So if you see on my podcast, I you know, I interview people, I find different people to, you know, to talk with, I find it, you know, I find different people to just like, get the conversation going, make people more like connected. So I'm, I learned, you know, like, I took some time to pass these failures, like these failures were required. If these failures didn't happen, then I may not have a podcast, you know, right? Yeah. So that's, that's a little bit about me.
1: Mm -hmm. That sounds great. You know, I'm, it's so a long road and I would definitely agree that failure is a part of success. Um, it, it rarely does somebody first time figure it out, but it sounds like you've kind of got a, you've got the failure portion figured out as far as, you know, what it takes to learn and grow and get closer to succeeding.
0: Yeah. Yeah, certainly. But anyway, um, So our closing off question was the dinner question. And uh, thank you so much for joining us, Gideon Victor. And I hope to see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.